world we know is gone. No Google, no Amazon.com, no email, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Welcome, everyone, to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 15. This is Russ. I'm Brad. Yo soy Jordan. I'm Jim. This is John. Zombies don't speak Spanish. In English, please. I'm, I'm not a zombie. We are fresh off our Norman Reedus interview. And if you have not heard that show yet, you want to do that and hear from Daryl Dixon himself. And this is kind of our part two of TS19 and the beginning of our offseason. So we're drinking heavily and uh, joking, and, and what else are we doing, guys? Um, we're looking to see what free agents are going to be available, if we can make some trades, you know, the usual stuff. Yes, the off-season. And it's also award season. Isn't that right, Jordan? Uh, it is certainly award season, and Walking Dead is uh, looking good. They just received a Golden Globe nomination. Jim has the best segues on the show isn't that right jordan speaking of awards <laughs> isn't that right jordan so the walking dead was nominated for best television drama and uh it's kind of pretty awesome uh they were nominated along with several other programs but we're of course hoping that they're going to win uh what do you guys think of the nomination there guys surprising yeah i was surprised too actually I, i'm not too familiar with the golden globes is there a category besides drama that you would think Walking Dead would be in? Well, there's best TV series drama, best TV series, probably comedy, it's comedy and musical. Or I, I know um, it's, it's yeah, it's comedy and, and drama. I yeah, that's I just pretty much the split. I didn't see it getting nominated at all. I mean, it wasn't a category thing for me. I just I just didn't. It just surprised me that it got nominated. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, certain genres don't get nominated for Oscars, regardless, you know, of what the award's for. If you're a science fiction, maybe with the exception of the last year or maybe a great every once in a while, typically, you know, genre films and shows don't get nominated. Well, films, but, you know, a zombie show? When's the last time a zombie anything was nominated for anything? <laughs> Uh, it should be noted that the Golden Globes are awarded by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, so they're going to have a little bit of a different perspective than, say, the Academy Awards or something else like that. I think when you're the highest-rated cable television show ever, or almost ever, you probably are due. You know what I mean? Like, I think the people making the nominations are probably going to have to recognize it in some way. And right. I think... It- I think AMC is kind of on the in the catbird seat right now. I mean, Mad Men is very cl- critically acclaimed. I think the acting and and maybe the writing Jordan for Breaking Bad has been nominated in the past if the show itself hasn't. So it's it's kind of it, it's kind of in vogue I guess now for a lot of these uh networks, these non-networks, these cable networks to get their stuff nominated um you know FX and and um A uh you know A&E, AMC uh, TNT, you know all those 
those networks. Well, here's the thing. It's, it's nominated along with Boardwalk Empire from HBO, uh, Dexter from Showtime, The Good Wife uh, from CBS, and then The Walking Dead from AMC. Um, Boardwalk Empire, I've heard a lot of mixed buzz about, and Dexter, I know for a fact, is, is a very good show. Uh, the Good Wife, I don't know very very well at all. But what I was wondering is there's also a separate category for miniseries for television. I was wondering why with, at six episodes it wasn't in that category. I, well, miniseries is generally it's a one-off thing. Like it's two or three episodes that that's all it's ever designed to be. It's got a beginning, middle, and end. Something like John Adams on HBO a few years ago or Band of Brothers, The Pacific. Um but yeah, it, it, as far as I as far as I know, it's got to have a beginning, middle, end. It's just one set of episodes. This, you know, it's obviously coming back for a second season. It was designed to be a series, a full series, not a mini series. Also um, of note is that there are only four uh, television series nominated uh, in the drama category, and there are six nominated in comedy or musical. I mean, I think I can think of a lot of other drama series that should be here, like Justified, uh, Sons of Anarchy. You know, a lot of uh, things that I would think would be nominated that aren't. So it's it's a pretty tight race with only four nominees. Right. Yeah. Uh, they've also been nominated for a WGA, that's the Writers Guild of America, award for best new series for this year. See, something like that I could see. You, you know, because it, it did go gangbusters and, and the critics generally liked it, the people generally like it. So something like that doesn't, doesn't surprise me. Um, but the other one did. Surprised me in a good way. And finally in news this week, I have in front of me the New York Times bestseller list for this past week. I've got the hardcover list and or the hardcover graphic books, as it's called, and the paperback graphics books. And I thought we'd go through those. First off, on hardcover graphic books, at number three, we have The Walking Dead book one, which uh, goes for $30. Uh, that is the first 12 issues of the series. And then it a position number eight. Oh, and by the way, uh, that one's been on the charts for 12 weeks now, so that's pretty awesome. Breaking in for its first week, The Walking Dead Book 3, $35, is uh, spot number eight on the hardcover list. And The Walking Dead Book 6 is number nine on the list. It's been on that list for seven weeks. That's also $35, list price. Uh, on the paperback graphics books, number one, it's been on this list for 10 weeks now, is The Walking Dead Compendium, which... Retails for sixty dollars. We go down a little bit. We have The Walking Dead Volume One. Now this one, this one's awesome, guys. Check this out. Fifteen dollars, of course. Walking Dead Volume One, the first six issues, paperback. Days gone by. It's been on the list for fifty-six straight weeks. Wow, over wow. a year. <laughs> and then at the next, very next spot down, uh, spot number five, we have Volume Thirteen, which just came out, I believe, three weeks ago, and it's been on the list all three weeks. That's also $15. So we've got across the hardcover and paperback uh, set, I believe, five or no, six different Walking Dead books, uh, all covering the New York Times bestseller list. So that's incredible. How many spots are on the list? Uh, well, they just show you the top 10 in each category. So, so uh, you know, it could be, could be more, you know, in the, in the 11 to 20. That's what I'm wondering. You said the volume one's been on the list for, you know, a year. What has it been in the top 10 for a year? I, I believe that's how they calculate it. If it's been in the top 10, that's how many, that's the, the number they count. That's crazy. Yeah. It's interesting it's, uh, that, uh, that I, it, it's not just uh, comic stores. That's also borders on, in big chains like Barnes & Noble. Isn't that right? Because it's, it's the New York Times list. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Think that excludes the direct market. I think that's strictly um, the, the retail market. Yeah, I think you're right. 
So you add in those, you never know what the list could be. That's yeah. a lot of aggregate sales over time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting. I know, I think Volume 1 trade on the direct market side, um, you know, according to John Mayo's numbers, is somewhere in like the 150,000 range. Hey, I just pulled up uh, the Walking Dead Compendium, the big 48 issue book on Amazon. And currently, as of this recording, it's uh, number 88 in the general book bestseller rank on Amazon. Wow. Do you know any places where people could get those books, Brad? And preferably cheaper than they are here on this list? Yes, absolutely. DCBService.com. How's that for a segue? DCBService.com. You guys have heard us talk about them for a while now. They're pretty awesome. The, uh, the, the website is still running their, their special of uh, 45% off all two ninety nine books uh, this month from DC, Marvel, Dark Horse, and Image. Image sells the uh, publishes the Walking Dead comic. Uh, two ninety nine books. You can get them for a dollar sixty four. And uh, if you guys haven't jumped on this, you guys need to get in there and, and try these books. Uh, the the code, John. What's the code again? I always forget. W D eight. Yeah, W D eight will get you an a- extra eight percent off of your first order from dcbservice.com. I know you're looking at this New York Times list with these list prices and you're like, the compendium's 60 bucks. Oh, that's kind of cost prohibitive. Or you know, even the trade can seem like a lot at 15, but DCB service has them a lot cheaper than you're going to find them on um, a lot lower than list price. They, they also have, you've heard us talk about, they also have a sister website, instocktrades.com. If if uh, you want to buy a bunch of Walking Dead books all at one time and you want to buy at least $50 worth of Walking Dead graphic novels, you can buy them from InStockTrades.com and you get free shipping. Any order that totals $50 or more, they will ship to you for free. So you may have to do some math on this to figure out which website you want to order from. Uh, the in stock trades website may not maybe just a few percent less than the DCB service website and I should clarify instocktrades.com does not sell monthly comic books they sell trade paperbacks they sell collected versions whether it's soft cover hardcover that kind of thing so if you wanted to buy you know all 13 trades of the walking dead at one time you could go to instocktrades.com you're going to spend more than 50 bucks. They'll ship them to you for free. So you've got two choices on how you want to purchase your Walking Dead books. And, uh, and DCBS was good enough, as we've mentioned, to donate some uh, trades, uh, some Volume 1 Walking Dead trades that we've been giving away. I'm going to play a quick voicemail here from one happy winner. Hey, guys. This message actually for Walking Dead TV. Uh, this is Tant from San Antonio, and I just thought I'd call and say uh, thanks for the Volume 1 of The Walking Dead. Uh, it hasn't arrived yet, obviously, but I did want to call and say thanks. And uh, you guys are doing a great show. Uh, I like the, the format of it, and I thought it was a spectacular first season, uh, and I'm eagerly awaiting season two. But um, I just wanted to say thanks. So uh, I'll probably call again when the book arrives. And one more time, when I finish reading the book, 
But uh, with the six issue trade, I can hopefully easily get my wife to read it, who also watched the show with me, and pass it along to or around to family members who watch the show as well. So, all right, thank you guys. Bye. All right. So, hey John? yes. Hasn't he tweeted since then that he, in fact, read the book and, and passed it on to his wife and he enjoyed it very much? Yes, he's spreading the, uh, the love and uh, everybody's enjoying it, which is good. That's the, that's the goal. And, uh, you know, we thank DCBS for the extra copies to continue to do that. And, Brad, it's your turn because you have never picked the magic number, have you? No, I haven't. Let's go for seven. No, 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 no. I have a couple of things to say. My bad. I added a bunch of people to the list that uh, have left iTunes reviews and mentioned on Twitter that they'd like to read the comics. And uh, I took a pe- couple people off that have won already. So now it's a number between 1 and 24. So now, Brad, you can choose the magic number. Um, let's, go with, let's go with 17, baby. 17 is Katie Dark Angel, who, that's her Twitter name, Katie Dark Angel. I think that might be in the Redis Boondock fan family. Uh, So very cool. Katie tweets to us a lot and has a lot of cool things to say. Direct message the WDTV podcast. Send me your address and we will get you a volume one trade paperback of The Walking Dead. Congratulations. Yay. All right, we have one more bit of news before we get into all of our feedback tonight. I've got, uh, do you guys know what the Paley Center for Media is? Have you ever heard of that before? I have not. The Paley Center for Media, it was uh, formerly called the Museum of Television and Radio. But um, you'll often see, if you ever see a, like a panel on a DVD box set where it's, uh, you know, five or six of the the stars of the show and maybe some of the writers sitting at a big table. If it's not Comic-Con and they're talking about the show, it's probably the Pelly Center for Media. They host big seminars every year and they interview just the creators and the talent behind different t- television shows to highlight them and spotlight them. And this year they've just announced for 2011 uh, a few of their panels. They haven't announced all of them. But uh, the two big ones so far are A, a Freaks and Geeks reunion. Which I don't know if you guys have ever seen Freaks and Geeks, but it's a it's a terrific show. And I love that. I love that show. That's where uh, Judd, Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen, James Franco, a lot of people that are in a lot of really great movies now kind of got their start. Yeah, it's weird to see like the Muppet Babies version of all of them. And uh, but the other show that's being highlighted, that's the big one, is The Walking Dead. So uh, 2011, they're going to be at the Paley Festival. So that's pretty cool, and hopefully. That'll show up on the DVDs. I know a lot of times if there's like a Target special edition or Best Buy special edition, oftentimes one of those extra things will be like an hour or two hours of the people talking about the show at the Paley Festival. So hopefully we'll get to, hopefully we'll get to see this very soon. Or maybe John can shuffle around the auditorium for a half hour and get in like he did at the panel at Comic Con. <laughs> True. I'm game. Although I should note that the Paley Festival takes place from March fourth. To 18th, so it's not going to end up on the DVD just because the DVD comes out the 8th. But uh, you never know, it could show up with season two, could come out as something separate, extra, could show up on the AMC website. We'll let you know whenever we find out more. Blu ray live. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I didn't think about that. No, Russ, that would be a good use of, of Blu ray live. They don't have those yet. Oh, so they'll probably just, they'll just probably put a little uh, widget on my TV to tell me what time it is and what the temperature is outside. Yes. 
Okay. What is the temperature outside? Um, it's in the f- it's in the fifties here in in South Central Texas. We're freezing oh, over here. It's twenty nine where I am. Jim, how about some iTunes reviews? We'll read the new ones since last show, and then we'll get on with uh, some voicemails and, and junk. And we'd like to thank everybody for their great iTunes reviews. We really appreciate the feedback a lot. Uh, just shout out to a few people who left some iTunes reviews for us. Five stars from PJ Bradley, too. Very in-depth, relaxed, and entertaining podcast. Thank you very much, PJ. Uh, Gladys Najar says, going to miss you guys, but we'll keep subscribing. Love the Norman Reedus interview. So cool. Zombie Frida. <laughs> um, yeah, Gladys, uh, keep subscribing. We have a lot of stuff going on in the offseason, which... We'll get to later on in this episode, so you know don't don't say goodbye just yet. Uh, the guy uh, Des, I'm pretty sure this is Des Revy from uh, the ForumForGeeks.com, uh, says the guys from the Legion of Dudes LOD always produce a high quality podcast. This is evidenced by the fact that over the years they've been able to secure some high profile interviews for their shows. The Walking Dead TV podcast is no exception. They've interviewed Robert Kirkman, Bear McCreary, and Irony Singleton, and just last episode Norman Reedus. And if you missed some of those episodes, by the way, check out our past episodes. We have had some pretty good interviews with uh, the people that put The Walking Dead together. Thanks a lot, Des. Uh, from Valkyrie Chick, uh, standing ovation. These guys are great. I wasn't going anywhere near zombies. Well, you don't want to anyway, right? Yeah, that's a good policy, Valkyrie Chick, to stay away. Uh, we have uh, one more iTunes review I wanted to get to from Dr. Mirage. A smash horrific action-packed. High Entertainmo podcast, five out of five entertainmos. So uh, thank you again, Dr. Mirage, for the uh, the wonderful iTunes reviews. And uh, if you would be so kind to take 30 seconds to type out a, a, uh, an iTunes review to the Walking Dead TV podcast, we would be ever so grateful to have that feedback from you. Yeah, and we're, we're inching towards 100. And uh, we're definitely going to give away a Walking Dead hardcover when we... Hit that. We'll we'll uh, we'll include all the iTunes reviews, people, and we're closing in on 500 on Twitter at WDTV Podcast, and we're gonna give away something at that point too. So it's pretty amazing the uh, the speed at which we are growing. So Dr. Mirage calls us highly action packed, and PJ Bradley calls us relaxed. I'm not exactly sure how I'm supposed to behave now. It's a it's a variety show. It's fly, <laughs> fly, fly casual, Chewy. <laughs> but don't look like you're trying to be casual. Okay, so we have tons of voicemails that have come in since the finale. Uh, there is no chance we will ever be able to play all of them on one show. That is the realization. It is just not good podcasting to play two hours of uh, voicemails. But we're going to hit a couple at least every show as we move forward. And I am going to start today with this one. Hey, dude, this is Aaron from Laguna Hills, California. I promised I'd call in, and so here I am. Uh, the episode tonight, the um, season finale, TS-16, uh, I, uh, I like the episode a lot. I didn't quite love it, but, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm going to try and keep this short here. Um, I didn't feel all the suspense that was required for uh, to make us think that, like, all the characters are going to die in this last episode. That's, that's the main factor that kind of bugged me about this. But uh, besides that, I liked I liked Jenner a lot. I think uh, the actor Noah Emmerich did a great job with him. I I liked Shane's performance in this episode. Um, while Shane's not like the most likable character, I certainly think that he has a very interesting character arc. So I'm very interested to see where it goes in the second season. 
Um, I was also glad that the um, the research showed about zombies. It didn't lead to any of us anything any of us knowing what actually causes zombieism, the uh, reincarnation. I mean, that's not what the the comic is about, and so certainly the show's not to give us any answers. So I was glad to see that I uh, didn't delve into any new theories. So um, yeah, this episode probably gets a three and a half or four-ish busters for me. And um, yeah, the season as a whole gets a good solid four busters. So yeah, uh, looking forward to the podcast. All right. Thank you, Aaron. I also want to mention uh, one reason that I wanted to make sure I played Aaron's voicemail is Aaron did an excellent uh, review of the finale on his blog, and we went ahead with his consent, of course, and put it up on our website. So if you want to read Aaron's blog about the finale, you can check that out on walkingdeadtv.com. What do you guys think about what he said about not believing that everybody was going to die? I I was thinking when he said it, it made me think, you know, maybe they should have saved Amy for the finale because we really didn't get a big shock during the finale. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, it was more it was more suspense than shock in the last episode, you know what I mean? Because it was just a very suspenseful, intense situation rather than you know being the kind of shock like the Amy scene. Cause I didn't really care about uh I don't even know her name. Jordan, who died in the finale? Jackie and Jim. Or no, Jim was the episode before, so just Jackie. Right. Like I don't know, Jackie, it didn't really affect me. And and maybe maybe it's because I know she's not from the book. Like, it wasn't a character that I really had a lot of time to get invested in. I don't know. Any other thoughts on that? Did you guys need a shock for the finale? I mean, does that make a good finale? I don't think it's necessary. No, it's not necessary. But I I guess I'm searching for that Walking Dead feel, which is like anybody can die at any time. and, And I guess it didn't happen for me. I only really reflected on it upon hearing this voicemail. It's not something that bothered me when I watched well, here's a converse argument to that, though. If anyone can die at any time, then shouldn't people <laughs> – this is going to sound weird. Shouldn't people not die when you expect them to, like in a season finale? Shouldn't those deaths happen at more random places throughout a season? I would agree with that. Because if it's all happening in the season finale, well, then you know exactly when people are going to die. Yeah, it's- I-, I hear you. I guess I'm just kind of programmed to like something – huge happening in the finale and i guess the cdc is huge enough it did explode yes it did it blowed up real good yeah in a very minimalistic way (laughs) (laughs) grenade only blows out one window giant crazy thermonuclear explosion only destroys the building in a three-foot radius around it hey it blew some people's hair back (laughs) <laughs> it got Dale all dusty <laughs> That's my only knit and pick Alrighty, how about We try this one This is Kyle Hebert from Burbank, California um, Final episode, season one Wow, wow, wow Incredible stuff And uh, went out with a bang But Yes, yes indeed Um I am so glad they didn't leave the hugest cliffhanger in the world. That would have been just cruel, since we have to wait so long for season two. Um, 
but yeah, just incredible performances. So rock solid from, from everyone all around. Uh, as for what was whispered to Rick, I think it was something along the lines of, Hey dude, your fly's undone. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, thanks for rocking the podcast. I've been enjoying every episode and I look forward to the episode commentaries. All right. Peace out. Rick, Rick, why does your friend wear his pants so high? <laughs> if Shane's fly was down, you'd like see his nose sticking out. Um, Brad, you were the most critical early on, I guess, of the performances. I guess it was You're guts. never going to live, live that down, are you? Well, he said rock-solid performances, so I just wanted to know, you know, how do you feel that they came around or didn't come around? Well, like I've said on an earlier show, I, I think a couple of the guys that I had problems with, I think their acting improved. Um, I really started to like Glenn a lot. Uh, you know, I I, I felt T Dog's first appearance was a little weak, but he got he got he grew on me. You know, I I can sit here and complain about you know an acting job, but. I I couldn't act my way out of a paper sack, so I really I really don't have a lot to complain about, or I shouldn't complain. I mean, I you know I ended up really enjoying it. Obviously, some of the actors, in my opinion, are better than others, but it never got to a point where I was like, okay, this is just stupid, and I don't believe this person's performance at all. You know, I I'll be honest with it. Glenn started that way. You know, in the first episode, or the first time we, you know, second episode, I guess, when we really got to meet him, I thought, this guy's a, a caricature of, of all bad acting. But he changed, and, and he got better, and I've, you know, I really buy these people as characters now. Do you think he got better, or do you think the writing got better, perhaps? Well, I think... No, I don't think the writing got better i think it was pretty consistent from uh i don't think i think the best written episode of all was the was the premiere but i believe you know episodes two through six all had pretty consistent writing that they felt the same i just think his performance improved cool anybody else on the performances any comments no i i i agree i think it's like anything else, you know, you, 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 you're starting a new show. It's a new character. Um, everybody's trying to gel as a, as a cast, um, and, and as actors and actresses. And I imagine as you start to get comfortable, um, you know, your performance is going to, is going to show that. And I, I think, you know, we definitely saw that. I personally, I didn't have a problem with Glenn from the get go. Um, so he, he, I thought, I, I think I, I definitely saw an improvement in in the way his character developed and the way he handled his character, but I don't I don't think he started from a from a negative, per se. And certainly in the finale, it helped that they had Noah Emmerich there. I mean, it's already been mentioned a couple of times, but he was fantastic. His speech about the human brain and how that works was beautiful. His blow up towards the end was powerful. Um, I think if they can utilize guest stars like that, it's going to only help the show. To, to boost the caliber of the acting and really make us feel for the characters and the situation in general. There was a, an article, I can't remember if it was io9, it might have even been Yahoo, it was like the top 10 scene stealers in television, and uh, Glenn was rated right up there, 
you know, in that top ten of, you know, characters that just tended to steal, like, they're not in in the show a lot, or they're not, like, the primary or predominant character, but when they're in it, they tend to, to steal the show. So I thought that really? was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I said he improved, but I don't think he got to be a scene stealer. I think there are a couple times I would agree with that. Where To, to, to be fair, it's io9. I mean, I'm not bashing well, io9 at all, but they're a... Very it's specific a website site. with a very specific readership, you know. Yeah, but I, there were a couple scenes, you know, when he went on his rant and when he kind of, you know, did his his thing about telling everybody how to move around in the tunnels and stuff like that. I thought I thought those were awesome Glenn moments, and in my opinion, scene stealers for those for those segments. Or the scene where he stole the uh, sports car. Yeah, the Challenger. Okay, Brad. Why don't we do some emails before we uh, continue on, so we'll kind of break the show up a little bit. Okay, the first one is from Gregory Matusik. Hey guys, love the Walking Dead TV podcast. Came across some pretty cool Walking Dead sketches, observations by cartoonist Graham Annable. Thought you guys would get a kick out of them. Keep on breathing, Greg Matusik. Not sure who Graham Annable is. I'll be sure to Google this person and uh, see what uh, see what Greg was hooking us up with. Thank you, Greg, for that information. Let's see. We got one from Sean Hall. Sean says, just a thought. Hey, guys. The most awesome spuds at couchpotatopodcast.com. Turn me on to your podcast. Good stuff. Thank you, CPC. We appreciate Or CPP. Thank you, Couch Potato Podcast. We appreciate that. Theory about Merle. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Their anagram is CPP. Yeah, I know. That's why I stopped. And then. (laughs) That's fantastic. Theory about Merle. I've never read the comic, so forgive me if this is already known and way off. Uh, Did anyone ever think that all those zombies getting all the way up to the camp is not a coincidence? This was my first thought. Daryl said he's going to take some vengeance back to camp. And Merle did steal the truck, so he could have found a way to bait all those zombies in the truck, then dropped them off by the camp and possibly guided them the rest of the way by foot so not to be heard. Just a thought. Uh, I'm going to pause in the middle of this email and say, didn't we, didn't we kind of consider that in an earlier episode? Yeah, I think there was a, either another emailer or Twitter person that brought that up immediately. Yeah, and um, he says uh, he's never read the comic, so forgive him if this is already known. Um, you know, as as probably as he knows by now, Merle is not in the comic. the 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 Dixon brothers are not in the comic, so this would be a new thing. Uh, in fact, we you know in the comic when the zombies first show up at the camp, we don't know how or why they showed up there, just that they did. So. But it is possible, you know, and it's something that I think we've talked about before. I wonder how how would you guys uh, <laughs> bait a bunch of zombies and get them to follow you and attack a camp? Set off a car alarm and a challenger and drive it right to camp. <laughs> you know what? It's probably Glenn's fault, isn't it? The name of the actor that plays Merle, who is very famous, is escaping me at this time. Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker, thank you. If you had shown up to the Norman Reedus interview, you would know his name was Michael Rooker. Possibly. Uh, or my short-term memory loss would have kicked in anyway. That's, um, probably, that's probably more likely. That's one that's very high on my list for keeping an eye on when they start signing and casting for season two. Um, I don't know if he was meant to be like a kind of guest spot thing. 
Um, but we need to have him back now. We need to have some resolution there. I want to see Lenny James come back too. I, I think it's a prime opportunity. They've got that actor to uh, to bring him in, give him a full story, and uh, you know he he's awesome. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw him and and Dwayne back. Especially, it seemed like they were building up to that. In was it the finale that he was talking on the radio, or was that episode five? Well, it was before they headed out to the CDC, so that would have been yeah, five. Right. Yeah, so it's it seems like they were building up to that, or at least trying to leave the door open. And I hopefully, I, I definitely hope that they uh, they follow that lead. Well, to finish Sean's email, he says, "Also, I'm sorry, but I think everyone was way out of line when it came to Jim and his digging. He was not bothering anyone. Why do people always think they have to take control of others people's business and lives?" Clearly, Jim had family issues he was working through. They could have left Jim. They could have left Jim some water and went back to camp. If I was Jim, I would have left the camp after they untied me. That was so unnecessary, and you don't need people thinking the group can just unanimously control you when you're not harming anyone. Once again, just a thought. Sean in Houston, soldier, scholar, scoundrel. Um, I, I kind of think Jim know, knew, though. You know what I mean? He kind of had that sense that Jim knew what was coming. He knew that he didn't have very much longer to keep you know, control of his senses and you know, not become a zombie. I think he kind of knew what his fate was. Yeah, and I, I kind of think the people in camp weren't out of line, especially in light of, hey, there are no rules anymore. Plus, you're freaking the kids out. You know, I've, if, if I had kids and they were... And Jim was going nuts on freaking my kids out. I'd say something to him. To be fair, though, we never actually saw the kids freaked out. In fact, nobody would even know if Dale hadn't come up and said, hey, I just spotted this from the roof of my RV. Like, no one else knew that Jim was over there doing that until they brought the kids over. Like, I, I mean, I don't disagree. With that. I can see both sides of it. But I thought the well, you're scaring the kids argument was kind of weak. Well, I mean, the kids are going to know. A, they, they wander around, so maybe he caught them early. But at some point, they're either going to wander around or he's going to come back after being gone all day long, filthy, dirty, sweaty, with a shovel in his hand. Um, it, it, you know, There's only so long you're going to be able to keep that under wraps. You don't understand that argument, Jordan, because you don't have kids. That is true. Thank God. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm very serious about that. I'm not just picking on you because you're... You know, I mean, I can understand if he was actually freaking the kids out. That ar- argument I understand. What I'm saying is the kids weren't even aware that he was over there until they brought them with them when they went to confront him as a group of, you know, 20 people. Yeah, I mean, I kind of take their word for it that he's freaking out the kids off camera. I mean, they can't show us every detail on the screen. Um, so I just kind of bought it like, oh, you're freaking the kids out. All right, you must have freaked the kids out at some point. Okay, our next one is from Tim Clay. Message from the Midlands, England. Hi, fellas at Walking Dead TV Podcast. I have recently been infected by the Walking Dead hysteria. I am hooked. After watching the first episode and loving every second, I immediately went to my city center to buy the comic from a big bookstore. I bought Days Gone By, which is the title of the first trade. Uh, Bought Days Gone By and, from having never really enjoyed comics before, was unable to put it down. I caught up with the following five episodes and am blown away by the series. I'm now in the unbearable position of waiting until Christmas for more volumes of The Walking Dead because I stupidly asked for them rather than buying them immediately. 
Thank goodness I found your podcast to fuel my addiction. Love listening to your recaps, emails, tweets, ideas, ramblings, predictions, opinions, etc. Thanks for your consistently enjoyable bursts of Walking Dead discussions. Tim, P.S. As this message reaches you from England, you may have correctly concluded that I have obtained the episodes using less than favorable means. (laughs) I have every intention of buying the Blu-ray of the series when it is released and just wanted you to know that. Well, Tim, I don't blame you for doing whatever you needed to get your fix because it is a fantastic show. And then we have one more email from Thomas Everett. I noticed that the guy at the CDC gave his name as Edwin Jenner. Interesting historical fact, Edward Jenner discovered the smallpox vaccine. Jenner did this before we even knew about viruses. I don't know if this is a coincidence or on purpose that they chose this name. It could be that he did not give his real name. That's interesting. As you recall, he compared his wife to Einstein and said he's just Jenner. Perhaps he meant he was working in the dark with no real knowledge of what he was up against. Excellent job with the show. I guess I'll have to break down and get me some Walking Dead collections to tide me over until next Halloween. Tom. I believe yeah, you can I mean, see his I, name on his name tag. Yeah, but, you know, I've got a shirt that says Frank on it. You know, but does from it have an old, picture on from it as old, well? It didn't have his picture on it. His ID did. Oh, his ID, of course. Yeah, yeah, the one that he used to, to put drop the uh, blast doors. No, you're right. You're 100% right. I bet you it's a homage by the writers. You know, we that happened a lot in Lost. I'm I'm sure it, it's already happened in this show with with uh, homages to other zombie genre material and Stephen King stuff. So that's my opinion that it was a a, a uh, writer homage. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. Thank you, John. I, I know some of the reviews I read uh, comparing. Uh, you know, there was a lot of reviews comparing episode six to Lost. Just in the you know bunker, you know patrolled by a lone guy who thinks he could be the last guy al- alive in the world, very Desmond feel, and then you add on top of that the Edwin slash Ed- or Edward Jenner, and uh, it definitely feels very similar. Thank you, John. You're welcome. I just wanted to comment on his last sentence here. He says, "I guess I'll have to break down and get me some Walking Dead collections to tide me over until next Halloween." Um, you know, when we started the show, I was uh, discouraging people from reading too far ahead in the book. But you know what? Now six is, six episodes in, we know that the show is it's not similar really at all to the book. So I'm gonna say, you guys, if you if you caught up with everything that's every Walking Dead comic that's been published. Uh, as as the you know the five of us have, um, you're not gonna you're not gonna ruin anything. I think you know next Halloween. So you may know you you may know what hap- might happen to a character eventually, but you know all, the five of us are still on the edge of our seats when we're walking this show. So you know I, I'm gonna encourage everybody. Yeah, go read as much of that comic as you can because it's a long wait till Halloween. I am going to play another voicemail. Hi, guys. Uh, just um, uh, My name's Colleen. I'm calling from New York. I just want to let you guys know how much I love your podcast. Um, 
I am uh, really new to um, I'm new to The Walking Dead, not a comic reader, um, but I love well-done horror, uh, zombies or any other kind, and um, none of the current torture porn type of movies. But I'm an avid viewer of AMC, and that's how I found it. They did a lot of ads during Mad Men. And, uh, and um, I love your, your recap and insight. Definitely you guys have insight. Um, it's nice to hear other people's thoughts and uh, speculation as to what is to come. And, I, and I, I like hearing after the fact how the story differs from the comic and how you guys go out of your way to not spoil the story. Related to episode five, Dale, do you think that he kn- knew or suspected some the Shane Laurie thing, so it was more than just seeing Shane in the woods there, but knowing that it goes back to the whole Laurie thing, and he seems like a really observant guy, and m- maybe other people in the group have that suspicion as well. I couldn't believe that they left Jim behind like that with no gun, um, that he would definitely turn into a zombie, uh, no way to kill himself. Um, I- I'd be shocked if we don't see him again as a zombie in season two. Uh, your thoughts on that. And I'd also love to see Morgan and Dwayne again. Um, do you think there's any chance of that? Just great show, guys. And I look forward to what you guys come up with during the um, hiatus. You know, hopefully not too spoilery. Anyway, thanks. Bye. Thank you, Colleen. Okay, let's start with Dale. Do we think Dale has a suspicion of what's going on and that's why he followed Shane into the woods or that's what he was thinking when he saw that? From the back oh, yeah. angle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dale knows all. See, I disagree. <laughs> I don't. We haven't seen any evidence that lets us that gives us any reason to believe Dale has any idea that something's going on between Shane and Lori. Mm. Before Ray I, showed up, they were openly a couple in the group. Mm. No, well, I don't think they were open in, in the comic. They weren't open, they were, but I don't think in the show necessarily. Yeah, they were. They were stealing off, you know, they secretly the into comic, the woods. George. I don't know what book you're reading. They weren't. Well, it's been no. a while since I've been that far, but I, I thought there was like a general sense that people had kind of figured it out. Like people. No, in the no, no, no. Well, D- Dale. Yeah, in the comic, Dale said, "I think there might have been something. You better watch that boy." But uh, yeah, watch- he's the one that first tells Rick in the book. Yeah. Yes, you better watch that boy Shane. But in the show, there hasn't been squat. No, yeah, but Dale's a pretty observant guy. Um, I think it's hard if two people are kind of carrying on like that. They're going to tend to like look at each other a lot. They're going to catch their eyes together a lot. They're they're going to be mysteriously gone a lot. And for as observant as Dale is, I I'd bet more than not more likely than not he's he knows what's going on well if there had been even just one quick shot you know when they would show shane and Lori looking at each other if they had thrown a quick shot of dale in looking at one or two of them then i would say yes i totally agree but i forget what dale said when he found shane i mean i know he you know he saw shane holding the gun on Rick, but didn't he come to the woods to to tell them something? Like, I thought he had information for Shane and Rick, like, you guys need to come back to camp or something like that. Um, well, I don't he, remember first, that. He has his exclam- exclamation of, of disbelief of what happened. Shane tries to play it off as a joke. And then I want to say at that point, Shane says maybe we should head back now or something like that. Yeah, maybe so. I'm not sure, though. You could be absolutely right. I'd like to bring up another point that she that Colleen made about Jim. In the now in the book, if I'm remembering remembering it correctly, they left Jim a gun in the book, didn't they? 
And yet in the show, they didn't. I want to even say, and I haven't read the first trade in a while either, I, I even want to say that off-panel you hear the bang. I think you're right, John. I think you're right. Again, I would have to refer to those books again. You want me to go grab my book real quick? No, because we're going to do those very issues in the near future. Oh, yes, that's right. As for her other uh, parts of the question, we have Jim, we have Morgan, and Dwayne. What are our chances of any of them returning? I don't think we'll see Jim as a zombie. That's my opinion. I don't think so either. I I would like to see Jim as a zombie. That would be cool. But what are the chances, you know? Would you rather see Buster again, or would you rather see Jim as a zombie? Buster. 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 Well, that's uh, that's five Busters across the board then. <laughs> no, I, th- I think the, the odds are pretty likely that we'll see Dwayne and Morgan again. I, at least I hope so. I really like their characters, and uh, I hope they weren't just in that episode and just kind of one and done. I'm still I holding have- out that uh, we have Morgan and Dwayne heading to the camp. And we have Merle heading to the camp. And uh, I'm, I'm still holding out that somehow, you know, they meet up. Maybe everybody goes back to the camp and, and Merle's there with Morgan. Something to that effect. I don't know. Merle really is not, uh, doesn't play well with others, especially people of a different race. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean so they would be like. They'd be all belly, buddy, buddy. No, no. I didn't mean they'd be singing Kumbaya around a campfire. I, I just, there'll be some situation, I guess. I think it would make – I think they may have been hedging their bets. So you get somebody like Michael Rooker in who's kind of a known quantity as an actor, more so than, than a lot of the other folks, I think. Um, he kind of comes in. He has a very uh, uh, polarizing performance. He goes away, and then you focus on Redis um, and, and his character who, who you know is obviously the brother – so you get that playoff there. So if Rooker's character doesn't work and you've sent him on his merry way, then fine, no big deal. If you you know if the if the fans don't like him whatever. If they do like him, then you worry about it season 2 and you can have him come back. In the meantime, they've developed the Daryl character to be more you know we kind of commented this before that he's kind of integrating himself more in the group. So he's becoming I think more attached and less of a butthead um, to the rest of the group. So if you have Merle come back, I think it would be really cool to see that tension between um, Merle and Daryl because I think Daryl is going to kind of um, lend himself more to the group than his brother, um, especially if his brother comes back and, and starts causing trouble. So I think that would make a really cool um, group dynamic episode if, if he does come back. I think ultimately, though, Daryl would side with his brother over the group even, no matter how indoctrinated he gets in. I don't know. I, yeah. Based on the last last episode or two, I I can't say that I fully believe that. Uh, yeah, I I'm I'm kind of in that same camp, you know. And and I was thinking a lot about it when Norman Reedus was even, you know, unsure about, you know, which way Daryl would go because he's kind of you know he's kind of formed a bond with these people despite whether he wanted to or not. You know, he's he's saved them. They've saved him and. You know, it might be, it might be, uh, it will be an interesting thing to see, you know. Blood is thicker than water, but, you know, he's got some blood with these people now, too. All right, I think we're going to do one final voicemail for tonight. Uh, this one's a little bit lengthy, but it gets to a point that I'd like to discuss, so here's that one. 
Hey guys, this is Victor from the Exploring the Multiverse uh, comic book podcast. Uh, I left you guys a, a message here the other other week about uh, the finale of Walking Dead, but I've been listening to some other people talk and seeing stuff online that I just had to call and, and rant to you guys a little bit more. You're my go-to Walking Dead source here. But I, it's like, obviously I, I see more comic book-related views in my, my day-to-day action, so I hear more of the comic book fan view of the finale and the whole CDC uh, situation. But it just it boggles my mind that there's so many people that are like against the CDC um, event and the whole perspective of what we learned at the CDC. It's it's almost so in my face. It's like complete fact to me that they put this part in there just to let all the viewers know what. It, what to expect for the future. It's like we as comic book fans know the situation because we've been reading so long and we know how the books work. But the, the new viewers, we got to lock in what's going on. And it's so blatantly obvious to me that the reason they put all the CDC stuff in is to let everybody know these zombies are more or less mindless. You know, you're not, like, don't press on the fact that they're killing a so-called human you know, that they are pretty much dead, that there's more or less there's no cure, you know, maybe they have some little, little itty-bitty thing there that maybe somebody out there was working on something, you know, but for the most part, look, there's no cure. Like, BCDC could not, does not know what's going on. And to me, it's just, it sets everything up for the future, and it's just, I can't believe that there's so many people still going back and forth on this issue. Because um, it's just that blatant in my eyes, at least. But overall, I mean, I, I'm I'm so happy about the show and so thrilled for it, and uh, I couldn't be happier with what they did. I, other than the smallest, smallest little details, um, you know, I that the, the nitpicks, I wouldn't change hardly anything about the show. Overall, get up with us. Now I'm starting to ramble. One last, uh, one last comment. Just for all the fans out there, if you're going to be dedicated to the Walking Dead TV podcast, you need to do like I did and program their phone number into your phone. So that's what I did. So, all right, guys, I'm starting to ramble too much. But, all right, talk to you guys later. Bye. All right. Thank you, Victor. So what do you guys think of the CDC as like a device to kind of fill in a lot of the gaps quickly for viewers of the show? Uh, that might have been, I don't know, maybe thinking along the wrong lines, barking up the wrong tree. He seems to think it was kind of like an information dump type type of piece. Um, I think he's he's not wrong. I definitely think it served both purposes. To be honest with you, when I read the comic, knowing that they went to Atlanta, I always wondered why Kirkman never wrote anything related to the CDC into the book. Um, because I knew the CDC headquarters were in Atlanta. And we've come to find out that the reason is is because Robert Kirkman didn't know that the CDC headquarters were in Atlanta. So I think it, from a storytelling point of view, it, it makes sense because, you know, of all places you would think would be safe or have an answer or be able to tell you something, it would be the CDC. But, you know, to his point of it being an information dump, um, I agree. I mean, 
you know, we, we kind of learned, you know, what we either assumed or, or, you know, thought to be true. And it could be to, to bring in the non-comic readers. I mean, as, as, as comic readers, we've, we've become accustomed to the fact that this is a story about the people, not about what's happened. So if, if that's the case, then, you know, when you get to the TV side, these people aren't used to watching or reading the comic. Um, and, and it, you may, it, it may be that this episode served the purpose of giving them that, that little carrot, um, to, to lead them on to say, okay, we're not just going to dismiss the fact that we haven't told you how this thing started or any information about how it spreads or what it does or anything else. So, um, I, I think it's it's again trying to please both sides. See, the one thing I wanted to mention was I didn't have the same reaction in terms of what I'm supposed to think now because of what we learned. Like I didn't get the feeling of oh man, there's just no cure because they couldn't figure it out at the CDC. It gave me the opposite feeling, like uh oh, are they going to start, you know, focusing on finding a cure? which is totally not anything that happens in the book. I don't think so, just because they also made a point of saying, look, there's nobody left. The closest ones that were able to do it were the French, and they fell. So I think they pretty much set up the fact that we know everything there is to know about this, and nobody else knows anything more, and this is all you're going to get. I think since since the CDC you know, is in Atlanta, and it's more or less commonly known you know i i was in kirkman's camp i had no idea it was in atlanta but i think if you're gonna be making a tv show you know and the city it's based in just happens to have the headquarters of the cdc and your whole program is about zombie virus or whatever you you have to address the fact that the cdc is there so you know i it's funny when you think about Kirkman not knowing that the CDC was there and he just happened to pick the city of Atlanta. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. But, um, I think, I think at this point you, the, the writers realized, well, the CDC's there. We have to address it because if we don't address it, people are going to say, why didn't you address it? All right. So I guess at this point we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, what our off season is going to be like. We're going to continue to do what we did here tonight. We're going to continue to play voicemails. We're going to read emails. We're going to look for any news that we can find about the television show. Uh, we're still going to be active on Twitter. We're having a lot of fun there still. Hey, can I bring up a Twitter thing? Oh, I'd, I'd love for you to. <laughs> um, I know that uh, that you're you know you try to keep the the feed active and that's cool. Uh, John was posting on Twitter. I don't know if you other guys know about this. He said something to the effect of girls like our podcast too. That's pretty cool or something like that. Let me see if I can find the thread so I can get exactly what you said. Eh, it was pretty much girls like our podcast. That's cool. And so there was quite a bit of response from female uh, Twitter followers. Uh, one of which is fake six pack. She says, in response to John's tweet, hell yes, Jim has a very sexy voice. Nice. Well, thank you, fake six-pack. (laughs) 
And they do call me. They do call me the White Barry White. So <laughs> yeah, they do. Right on. All right, and then uh, some other some other you know people chimed in. Uh, Rita's lover on Follow Friday. She says the boys with the sexy voices. Uh, WDTV podcast. Uh, there's some really cool Twitter followers. I really. Uh, oh, and uh, Fisty Larue says I concur to the uh, sexy voices comment. We got a lot of Follow Friday mentions. I just think that's really cool. Twitter, the Twitter uh, followers continue to amaze me. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it's it's so cool to uh, it's it's almost like a way to do the show between shows. You know, if that makes any sense. Like you get to interact with everybody, and they usually have nice things to say. And we haven't even gotten any hate tweets. I don't think. No, no, I don't think so. I hey, unfollow I just, them. I'm looking. Right now, um, you know, through our, our feed, and uh, Mike Sandage, uh, as about two hours ago, he, he posts, what is the name of the song in the podcast? And then he quotes, the sun ain't gonna shine anymore. Um, it's the one, you know, it's the one that we, we play at the beginning. I'm drawing a blank, actually, the name of that, so I'm opening my iTunes. Yeah, you I, found I, it originally, I think, right? Yeah, well, it was in the original four and a half minute trailer that's how the 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 trailer ended wasn't it jordan yes uh, the comic-con trailer yeah and um i'm trying to find i think it's called the sun don't the sun ain't gonna shine uh, are we gonna are we gonna mention what we're gonna do during the off season we are and what we're gonna do is this uh like i said before we kind of went off on a tangent we're gonna do the news every show we're going to read some emails we're going to play some voicemails if you know i'd imagine i hope that we will still get some i know they won't be as crazy as when there are new episodes to talk about but we hope to continue to get feedback uh did you find that song brad yeah oddly enough the name of the group is the walker brothers which is funny scott walker and the walker brothers uh it's called the sun ain't gonna shine anymore so there it is, Mike. And and please still, you know, continue to call in 516-468-7912. We're even thinking about having a call-in show, but uh we that's that's for down the road. Uh we are going to commit to two shows a month. Uh they might be every other week, they might be back to back weeks if we come up with a uh an interview or something special to do. Please stay tuned for the interviews and stuff like that. We uh like we said last show, we've made a lot of good contacts, we have some good leads, and we're hoping to have some more talent from the show uh on in the coming weeks. Uh and that'll be great for the off season. So we're gonna go do two shows a month. Uh, we're also going to start covering the comics. So after we do our, our news and, and voicemails and emails and TV segment, we're going to do a couple of issues of the comic every show. We're going to do that through, I think we said March or April. And when that DVD set comes out, one of our shows per month is going to be a commentary track for each episode of the show, which basically means we tell you when to hit play and uh, we are going to hit play at the same time as we record, and we're going to watch the episode with you and make comments and joke around probably and observations and things like that. We, uh, we have a lot of fun with those on our, on our other shows. Um, on Legion of Dudes, we, um, 
we've we've done several of those, and I know we have a lot of fun when we do them. Just kind of kicking back and relaxing, and um, you know, there's no edits, so it's it's uh, it's a lot lot more free form than we're used to. So that's the general plan. We have some other, you know, things that will probably pop up, but basically two times a month now through probably next October, and then we might start up weekly again as as we draw closer to the premiere of season two and get some more news rolling in and uh, some more things to talk about. But uh, please, as we as we've said, stay subscribed on iTunes if you can. Uh, that helps us out with our numbers for sponsorships and just being on the front pages of iTunes and things like that. And uh, and look out for us. We're uh, we're excited about the off season. We're gonna keep having fun. I guess at this point, I would like to say happy holidays and happy New Year because we'll probably be back with our next show January fifth through seventh, something like that. So yeah. uh, we appreciate everybody listening thus far, and uh, you know, happy holidays, happy New Year, Merry yeah. Christmas to everybody. Be safe. And I will now send it to Jordan for the boring stuff. (laughs) Well, I'll make it as entertaining as possible or as relaxed as possible based on our different reviews. Uh, Speaking of reviews, leave us an iTunes review. Go over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. It'll take you about 30 seconds, and we would certainly appreciate it. And we're going to be giving away books soon, so you can get yourself in the running there. Follow us on Twitter at WDTVpodcast. You can send us an email, comments at walkingdeadtv.com. That's comments plural, right, guys? Correct. So comments at walkingdeadtv.com. You can check out our other shows, hhwled.com. Check it out. You'll get two shows a week from Half Hour Wasted and Legion of Dudes, one each. And uh, we think you'll like those shows, too, if you like this one. You can always leave us a voicemail at 516-468-7912. And uh, send us a voicemail. We'll play it on an upcoming show. Leave us a review. Send us a tweet. Send us an email. Get in contact with us. With us. We'd love to hear with you, hear from you. And we just want to say, until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, even in the cold and desolate off-season, the Walking Dead TV podcast is here for you. Have a good week, everybody. It was Brad, me, Jim, John. I purposely made me last so I can't f*** it up. <laughs> Might be kind of interesting. He's. I wonder what keep on breathing means in his uh, salutation. You know what? Cut. Let me, I'm going to friggin' start all over. <laughs> One thing if I'm going to be... had shown up to the... To the... Crap, what's his name? <laughs> Michael Rooker? Michael Rooker? No. No, no. no. Norman Reedus. Okay, I will mention that without making them feel stupid somehow i doubt it i guess we'll start off i don't know how many weeks that'll get us in jordan have you mapped this out you probably haven't right repeat the question (laughs) i'm busy typing on the skype chat i was (laughs) i know i can see the little pencil oh okay she said your Uh, pencil is showing (laughs) (laughs) uh let, let me do that over did I map out how many weeks were from something to something? No, it's okay. I know you didn't. I was stumbling. and His uh, little putt-putt pencil. After we do the news. Hello? And, yes? Oh, nobody laughed, so I thought my mic was muted. <laughs> That's no. funny. Is this thing on? Are you typing a friggin' novel or something, Jordan? What's the deal?
I was typing my liner for the end of the show. But I didn't realize that it was that the pencil the the pencil icon isn't very prevalent on my setup. Apparently it must be much more prevalent and distracting for you guys. Yeah, it covers like half the screen. It literally <laughs> is like six inches tall. Oh, so sorry about that. It's it's like a little tiny icon that shows up next to your name and mine. I apologize. I didn't realize it was a problem. Ours is like, remember on the old Windows, like the paper clip? It's like a pencil with hands. <laughs> and he oh, he that, tap dances back and forth and jumps up and down. It's ridiculous. The Walking Dead TV podcast is here for you. We'll keep you warm, baby. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Those are the creepiest one yet. <laughs> oh, going for. Sounds like SVU or something. <laughs> if I was a listener, I would have unsubscribed by now. <laughs> oh. I've got to compete with Jim for the sexy voice. That's all I got. Somewhere someone's taking a shower right now.